up, guys? Welcome to the Running and Gunning Podcast. I am here solo today as your host, Justin Sinan. Uh, Logan is actually in Colorado trying to fill his elk tag, so we uh, we can't wish him anything but the best. I really hope he's out there quartering up an elk right now, um, but we will catch up with him when he gets back in town. But today, I have my esteemed friend and uh, a good guy here. I can't wait to get into this one, Seth Porter. How you doing tonight, Seth? Man, I'm doing I'm doing awesome, and I'm super blessed and honored that uh, you and Logan uh, asked me to be on here. And uh, I was actually on the way back from Kentucky on the phone with Logan. And he goes, "Hey, uh, I'm not going to be there next week. Do you want to do a podcast with Justin?" I had I still have to ask him though, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, absolutely." I was like, "I," but that's just I mean, it are really it was even more so cooler because I mean I know both of you guys, and I've known Logan. Yeah, for oh two two years now, and I've known you for just under two years, and it's it's just really cool. So uh, being able to be a part of something that you guys started, I'm really thank you guys for having me on here, man. It's, it's oh, awesome. You're more than welcome, brother. And uh, you know you've helped me along this journey too. And uh, it's kind of funny, me and Seth, uh, we kind of like just we're buddies online here and there, and then we ended up. I did a podcast with Seth, I guess maybe a little over a year ago, probably. I guess it was like after season, but um, which is kind of cool. Now we got Seth back on here, and uh, he's a running gun guy, so we uh, we know we're gonna get into a lot of that kind of stuff tonight. And he just had a killer trip to Kentucky to come uh, come try and kill one of our bucks here in the state, and um, we're gonna get into some of that. But let's kick this off with uh, when and why you actually started adapting the mobile hunting style. Like, what what made you get into it? Was it a friend? Um, get into a little bit of that for us. Oh man. Um, I would say for the most part, I've always kind of been quote unquote mobile. Um, I mean, I didn't, as far as like my hunting journey was growing up, it was like everybody, like most people we talk to, they're like, Oh yeah, I grew up hunting, you know, grandpa's box blind or that one stand that my dad set and I sat there every year, you know, like I didn't really do that because I really didn't like have the opportunity to although like all my uncles were bow hunters my dad was a little bit of a bow hunter not as much as uh you know the rest of the family but the the whole family basically was a bunch of bow hunters and um pretty hardcore guys at that Uh, and uh so me growing up when I finally was able to really like grab my own bow and like take myself out that's kind of when I actually started like big man i don't even know probably like 16 and i like i got my own bow and i was able to like go do my own thing like you know and i and from there i kind of i just used a climber like that's all i kind of knew um and like my dad i remember my dad set one hang on stand at 20 feet and i was like i thought that was just like way too high i was like i don't know you know i can't do (laughs) but like i've gotten obviously now i'm like 20 feet's nothing, you know, but I mean, I got, I know dudes that are like 30 plus feet and they're just like, you know, they ain't got to worry about wind. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you just got to worry about like, you know, everything else. But I don't know that. Um, but as far as like, you know, me really understanding what mobile hunting was, I would say probably 2018, um, which was just, you know, I guess it wasn't that long ago, but kind of seems like it. But really, I, it was like, I, is before I knew of the Dequosos, before I knew, of like the hunting beast and and those those guys like it was when i was watching the hunting public and they were taking in like the og muddy sticks you know i'm talking about the um, the pros and like yeah. those were like the first ones that collapsed like i was like oh dude those are sick like oh, i gotta get some of that but like my version like i actually posted something of it today on my story um it was a 30 dollar film yeah, i've seen that and and some heavy field and stream steels like steel sticks like they were not like i mean they were i guess they were not too bad but as far as like what what we run today i mean they were night and day different so like and but i will say that like when i started being mobile and when i started like understanding like why we do it it was like i started seeing way more deer like 2016 i was hunting out of a climber and um I killed one deer and it had just happened to be 145 inch deer and I didn't know what I shot. 
all I knew was I shot a buck. Like, I didn't right. know that that was a book buck. I didn't know, like, and dude, I don't, I could tell you that story, like, like the back of my hand, but like, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it had antlers, you know what I mean? But now thinking back to it and like, I vividly remember like that buck was a tank, like every bit of like probably five-year-old deer and like just heavy, mature, like stomach dragging the ground based, you know, that kind of buck. So like me, um, really getting into it like it wasn't really until 2018 when I was like watching the hunting public and seeing like why they were being mobile and like kind of really understanding and then from there um like 2018 I killed like a pile of deer 2019 I killed I killed I think a couple does and a buck but um but really like since 2018 that was when I really like got into it and I really started to understand like if, if you stay in one spot or if you're constantly hunting that one spot, you're not going to, you're not going to consistently see deer. You're going to have to adapt to what deer are doing. Cause I mean, they're, they're yeah, they're, you're always going to have spots that um, there's like consistently deer movement throughout the, uh, throughout like the years really. And like, and like during, you know, X time or whatever, but like in order for you to really, especially if you're wanting to get on a particular buck or, if you're wanting to move with like where the deer are moving, because deer are going to move that like the, the your acorns not, might not be dropping right there at that time. Right. So they, they might be dropping somewhere else and you really got to find out where the deer are at that moment. Right. You don't want right. to be sitting and waiting. That's kind of what this whole thing is all about for us. We're just trying to, yeah. you know, make people understand why it is beneficial for you to be in the mobile and, you know, yeah end of things instead of just sitting and watching stuff stuff happen it's uh Absolutely. it's kind of cool man i've got a, a younger buddy of mine that i'm helping like get into this style hunting and like it's really cool to watch somebody you know you can put yourself in their shoes so many times you know what i mean you're like oh. he he sent me a video this uh you know this evening and he's like yeah man check out my setup and i was like dude your setup looked like money i said Next yeah. time, just back up off that trail like he's just hunting right over. It's like a nice main trail. And he, yeah. and he understood bedding, and he understood where the deer was going in this beans in the yeah. beans to eat. And I was like, did you get busted? He's like, oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. Like, they came <laughs> they came right down that trail. And, like, he's like, it, by the time I could pull my bow back, it was too late. And I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, but you like, were on it. And that's what it's all about. Like, when you actually yeah, get that, that light bulb. Yeah, and I was like, see, what, yeah, right, and that, you know what, Seth, that's exactly what I told him, I said, did you learn from it, then it was a successful hunt, and that's what, and it's really, I know where this story's going, because you and I have caught up, but like, it's, it's really accurate to, to your story of you coming here in Kentucky, but let's get into that, how, um, how, how did you, okay, go ahead, I want to say one thing, I almost envy new guys, because their mind is fresh like it's it's like untilled ground and it's like for me i do i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go long on this i promise but for me no, you're good i had to i had to get over this hump and i think really it wasn't until recently i had to get over this hump because there is so much information and so much knowledge that you can take in and you just cram it in and then you can overthink because you're constantly thinking about all this information but for those new guys like a prime example, one of the, one of the guys that went with us, Kentucky, never been bow hunting before and never shot a buck before shoots, shoots a freaking stud of an eight point on his first sit, like shoots. Right. Right. But like he did that with the, not saying that me and my, my, my boy, like just gave him all the info and was like, you know, and we just gods. it's not that it's just like, he took what he understood and he just made it like he went there and did like he just hunted like he didn't right. overthink it he didn't so, overthink like, it yeah and so for new guys it's like i was like i i, I looked at him i said i envy you i envy you have no right. idea it's not shot a deer i said it's because you're so fresh and like you can really build a good foundation and like yeah. really negate a bunch of bull crap you know what i mean yep and i agree 100 percent, like, honestly like for me for me i had to I had a lot of good people, but I also had a lot of people with good intentions that were just feeding me crap. You know what I mean? Like, right. and so like that, 
like before when I was really getting serious and really trying to get after it, like I was taking in, this was before I really started listening to podcasts. I was taking in everybody's info and I was like worried about it all instead of just like going, really trying to wade through the bull crap. And so I was, I anyway, to, to that, that new guys, like to new guys, especially cause I like the kid here that I'm, I'm trying to get into hunting now. And it's just like, dude, I was like, I looked at it and I was like, you have no idea. I was like, if I could just take your brain or just that part of your brain <laughs> for bow hunting and just erase it and start over and start picking and choosing who I really listen to, like I'd no, like it would just be crazy because you're just not worried about anything else. You're just, yeah, you're, you know what I mean. Like yeah. you're just learning. Yeah. But I, I agree a hundred percent. When we were young and we just didn't care and we went and read sign and just set up and won it. Yeah, yeah. and like it was yeah. either hit or miss. But yeah, so. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Seth, you, you just came down here and hunted some public land. Um, tell us how you got started on that. Like, uh, what was your inspiration? I know not everybody knows you, like you lived, uh, you used to live really close to Kentucky, right? Yeah. I used to live, uh, about 20 minutes from the border. Uh, okay. and so it would be, I was 20 minutes from Eastern Kentucky. Uh, my parents actually lived right in East, right into Eastern Kentucky in a, in a place called Greenup County. Um, and, uh, they lived there for a couple of years. And so anyway, uh, as far as, so you want me to like, tell like how I got started on public kind of thing? No, really just like for you to go on this hunt, because, um, I know oh, we're not going to give away where you went, but it was a longer yeah. drive. It wasn't just a 20 minute, yeah. this wasn't no, your normal I mean, like hunt that you've done. Right. Yeah, I definitely. It was not a 20 minute drive. So actually, <laughs> um, I had actually hunted this piece of particular public before. Um, I actually hunted it in January of 2021 uh, with a good buddy of mine who invited me to his deer camp while uh, uh, back then. And um, actually, I'd like to I'd like to give a story for that. It'll lead up it'll lead up into really good like about how this trip went. Um, those that that trip in 2021, I actually overthought everything. Like I was burnt, I was burnt out. Actually, it was 2020, uh, that the season of 2020 and 2021. So like 2020, I had hunted like crazy because I was laid off of work. I'd hunted like five different, like hold on, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia. Um, I think that's it. So four different states, and I was just burnt. Like I wasn't. I wasn't reading sign like I should have. I wasn't really trying to like follow the deer, like understand what was going on. Like I should have, because I was just zombie mode by like November. So like November 1st, I was just like throwing myself up in trees. And yeah, obviously that's like completely opposite of what, how we hunt, right? Like completely against our better judgment of like understanding sign, understanding like what, what uh, the deer are moving in that, in that particular time. So, Almost anyway, long story short, I overthought for the first three two like two or three days and uh the third day I was there, the third evening, I was like I'm I like just I just completely cleared my mind and I was like, All I'm gonna do is I'm gonna follow these big tracks. I'm or I'm gonna find some good tracks off this power line because that you know, power lines are huge like travel corridors for deer. Um mm-hmm. it's like for, for me to understand anyway, it's easy for my brain to understand like kind of what they're doing so i did i walked the power line i found a huge track cut it back into an oak flat that was that was getting hammered because it was red oaks um it was a mix of red and white oaks but the, they were you could tell where they were digging in the ground for the red oak because um, right. under all the leaves and uh, busted a few deer um and i said this is where i need to be walked up to a tree stuck literally stuck my stand right like walked right up with my stand stuck it right there put one stick on there and um i don't really remember why i i didn't i didn't get higher but i i, I really don't i just decided like this is where i'm going so i got literally got one stick high in the tree and i sat there and i had a trail to my left at 14 and 17 yards L- long story short last 20 minutes of light i'm like hearing deer around me and i like instead of me like slowly turning my head and like to see if there's a deer i like roll my whole body on the tree for some stupid reason i don't know what i was thinking and i roll to my right and there's nothing there and then when i roll back to my left 
I have a 130-inch deer sitting on the 14-yard trail staring right at me. And, like, dude, I was, like, no freaking way. Like, in my head, I'm, like, no way, right? This is not how this goes, right? Like, this is not. (laughs) And, like, it was so – obviously now, like, everybody knows I got glasses. But, like, I didn't have my – I didn't have glasses then. But it was, like, right on the edge of me – realizing that like i'm really blind like i I need help like i need some glasses or something and so i could tell i could see the antlers and i I knew the antlers like i could see it it was clear as day right but as far as like where exactly that buck was looking i was completely like it was just blurry and so like i knew the whereabouts of like kind of what he was doing but i tried to i tried to get sneaky and grab my bow and he busted me and you know took off and whatever as time went on we I ended up going home empty-handed but that I mean that right there was like a perfect example of like not overthinking but anyway so I hunted that hunted there January 2021 my buddy calls me uh, a couple months ago uh, and this is present day now and calls me a couple months ago and goes hey we're going just blankety blank do you want to go and I said absolutely I was like no doubt in my mind I was like, I know there's, you know, great deer. I know there's, you know, it's just a good place to go. Right. So it ended up being a prior history, you know, you, you yeah, obviously you want to go back and, you know, at least you know the ground. So you're, yeah, right. You're pumped. um, Oh, super. And uh, it it actually ended up being what was like closer to like a six hour drive last time. It was more of like an eight hour drive this time. And I had the bright idea that I was going to get off work at like 8.30 and then drive straight through the night. And um, I ended up not leaving home until about 9.45 or 10. And so that got me there at like 6 in the morning. And that was a rough drive. Let me tell you, that was a rough, rough drive. I thought the monsters were going to keep me going. I thought I was going to be able to do it. It was rough. Like, I stopped at some random Walmart somewhere and I just passed out for 45 minutes and I woke back up and I was like, I can't stay any longer. I got to go. So I ended up making it. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I had a buddy send me some pins and he was like, you know, you got to check these spots out. And I checked one spot. I actually hunted that one spot that, cause I got there right at 6am on the dot and it was already turning light, but I'm excited. I don't care. I'm going to throw myself up a tree and you know, whatever, you know, um, so I get there, actually had a good wind for that little spot and, um, it just, it wasn't it like, you know, it's, and I, it's not that it wasn't it. It just, there were at the time there were tons of oak trees on the spot and no o- oaks were dropping. Actually this entire piece of public, like I found one oak tree that was actually pushing out acorns and it was just starting to do it like barely. And I, I equate that, me and my buddies equated that to the lack of rain that this place had gotten, actually. It was like that whole area. Like, you could tell, like, the creeks were dried up. You know, it was just there. And later on, like, you'll see, I'll tell you, but the, the creeks that we found with water in it, that's where the deer were. Massive amounts of sign, like a lot of deer sign was where the water was. And that was kind of help, super helpful for us to kind of, like, um, kind of negate some spots for the like for the time being and like really kind of focus in on key spots where the deer were moving especially buck because every time we found uh, like some tore up creek bottoms it was where because there was standing water in some of the spots and you know just i mean buck tracks deer like regular deer tracks tore up trails like it kind of kind of was um kind of help is there any water there. access like around there did you guys think were you guys like uh-huh. accessing a lot of this stuff like using the creek They're systems actually, or like, what well no, not for the creeks there's not for the creeks not in my opinion i didn't find any for the creeks anyway that you could access like through like with a kayak or something now as far as like other things yes um i don't want to say too much more but because uh, <laughs> I plan on going back, but that's, um, that's fine. Uh, but there, I mean, there there was other water access, but it's like I was for the places that I was at, or the, the little spots that I was hunting. I was really trying to get. I was really trying to utilize those creek systems and the the ag as much as possible. Um, yeah. Because I mean, like. 
just because I couldn't find an oak tree. Um, now, if I was like, if there was some oaks dropping, I would find the hottest white oak tree I could find, but literally none was dropping, right? So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, and th- that's another thing is like, usually if oaks are dropping hot, there's a lot of oaks dropping hot. That's usually this yeah. is how I am, especially here in West Virginia. Like, I so the oaks weren't dropping when I left. When I got back, two days after I got back, dude, all, like my whole backyard's full, and I could yeah. hear the I could hear the oaks dropping across the street, right? So like, I went I went scouting yesterday, and like I was getting hit in the head with with acorns. Like, got hit in the head like three times. But I've noticed uh, the same thing here. That's the hardest thing I'd say with Kentucky too is like. You get into some of these patches of public, and there's nothing but like white oaks and red oaks, and like it's super mm-hmm. hard to pattern some of these deer sometimes, like yeah. just based off of that kind of food. And yeah. when you have that much, I feel like some of these big deer just know exactly where to bed, mm-hmm. where they can see you coming a lot of times, you yeah. know, unless if unless you already know the setup. But yeah. it just makes That's it really exactly. tricky for an out of state guy, like you know, for you yeah. coming here and not knowing, but. Sounds like 100%. the water was like pretty key. Like, if you guys had the advantage to actually see, you know, hey, look, we've got a lot of water or like a big, vast amount of dry land. Like, let's focus yeah. on the water. Was that like your mindset? And then, so, you know, let, let, me, out let me, yeah. So, let me give a testament to that. So, that guy who actually told you who that he'd never, like, never been bow hunting, never shot a buck before, that was actually his thought. Like, me. And my buddy, shout out to Aaron Prevost. He's there, but these are they're Louisiana boys, Jacob Stanford and Aaron Prevost. Um, um, and so me and Aaron were like kind of putting heads together because Aaron's been a, a, a running gun bow hunter for a while, and like we we think a lot alike. We you know we hunt the same style. We were putting heads together and like really like picking spots like and trying to show Jacob like hey like this is kind of what you want to look for on e-scouting you know, this is rolling hills, this isn't flat land, this isn't mountains, so kind of just, just trying, we're not like pushing anything on him, we're just trying to say, hey, this is usually what this means, you know what I mean, and so him yeah. and him, uh, or Jacob and Aaron actually go and scout one spot and Jacob looks at Aaron and goes, it kind of looks like wherever the water's at, that's where most of the sign is and like, Aaron goes, Jacob, you're right. Like you're a hundred percent right. And like Jacob's been, he's a great fisherman. He, he's also a duck hunter. Um, and I mean, he's killed deer before, but usually with a gun. So like it's a little bit different. Right. But like, that was like a huge testament to his wood woodsmanship and him understanding like kind of how things work. And like, because that is a part of your woodsmanship. You understand it yeah. like, Oh, wherever the water's at, like that seems to be where the concentration of deer is. And like, I told him straight up, I said, dude, like, not that I wouldn't have figured that out, but, like, that was not even close to being on my mind. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. it wasn't even in the forethought. And I was like, you saying that, like, that changes a lot. Like, it's, everything kind of start clicking after that, right? So, like, um, but, yeah, you're right. So, like, once we understood and once we, like, kind of found that, it was like, okay, we start hitting these, like, we start accessing through these creek systems and finding where these deer are, at, like, kind of traveling through, and we start, you know, correlating that with bedding and food, like, there's no reason why we shouldn't get into deer, you know? Um, right. So, that was... I like where was, this is going. This is, like, killer good good stuff for a lot of these guys that are just, you know, their seasons are just opening up. Maybe they want to get out and do some new new scouting for public. Like, I want people to yeah. take away from this, like a great tactic to go somewhere you've maybe never been and walk away with some knowledge to, for scouting and how to approach it, you know? So um, I, don't can, I wasn't it, but... trying to cut you off. I was just, no, 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 not just, at all, not just at all. thinking uh, of that. Cause that's really no, what I, I want. Like out of this absolutely. one. Absolutely. Um, I don't remember who it was. I think it might've been, I want to say Josh profit. I might've heard it from another guy too, but it was like, he can like a deer can hide where, where he's eating and he can hide where he's bedding but he can never hide his tracks. And right. so like, and I, and my other buddy, Todd Freeman, um, love, like love that man to death. He's an absolute killer with a, with a tr- traditional bow, but, um, he's a huge track guy, a huge, like he focuses on tracks, like no other. Um, he likes scrapes and rubs and stuff, but he, like tracks are just, 
it tells a lot. It really does. So um, that's kind of where, like, that's kind of where I've been putting a lot of my my stock um, is is tracks, uh, especially when I went to Kentucky. Um, you know, I mean, when I when I get into the story like later on about this buck, but like well, the first thing I was looking for was bigger tracks, like you know, because I mean, if you got tons of deer running through, it's like okay. That's a doe. That's for sure a doe. Okay, that track definitely sticks out to me, right? And then from there, um, I kind of always work back, like backwards. Like if I find a track, I go, okay, where's he coming from? Okay, yeah. you know, where's he going? Like, and then you know, once I kind of try to figure that out, if I can't, I'll work forwards. You know, it's like, oh, is he going to the food? Is he going to, you know, whatever? And right, obviously, how far can I follow the track? How fresh exactly. is it? Um, before right. I start, before I really start pushing the envelope you know right. um and obviously that's what we're all about we love pushing the envelope otherwise we wouldn't hunt the way we do but that's i do right. think that there is a certain i do think that there is a certain line that maturity or, or even doesn't matter they they still don't like it you know what i mean there's a certain line you can cross um uh so yeah, so basically that's what we did. We just started finding, you know, some really heavy creek crossings or, you know, kind of little, like really almost pockets of water, um, uh, kind of just hidden in these creeks. And some of them were bone dry, you know, and, and some of them was a little easier because there was a lot of water uh, rushing through it, right? But um, my biggest thing was, um, and it doesn't have to be like right next to each other either. Like the my biggest thing was just trying to find some, a good food source close to water, but also, um, mo- mostly close to water. Like, you know, there's bedding everywhere, right? But deer will bed in anything almost. But like the whole thing was like, for me was like, I found one, one good cornfield that I knew was getting devastated on the back corner of it. And it was, it was less than probably 80 yards to the water. So, it, you know what Perfect. I mean? Like I knew they were right. going down there. They they had to drink, especially eating all that corn. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of what I put a lot of my focus on was when I when I went when I went and started figuring things out, um, and uh, or kind of not really figure things out, but like started unlocking certain things when we all put our heads together and and kind of doing certain things. I got you. Uh, so where, like, where did you go? Where did you go? Well, I mean, you're, you're talking about how we, we got to this point where you want to set up. So yeah. is this the first day of your hunt? How you were there for how many days? Three days, five days. Five days. Okay. Yeah. So this is like day one. You guys just hit the ground. You scouted, you, you so, did set up. So day one, um, they didn't get there till later that afternoon. So day one, I got there on opener. I hunted that morning. I ended up scouting that whole that whole spot and it was just like there were deer there but there was nothing telling me that like that they were there a lot you know okay. what i mean like it like and i look i mean you could tell all the oak trees were there right if those oaks were dropping that place would be on fire like no right. doubt in my I, mind. I got it, was you. Like, it was hidden you know what i mean like tons of cover but it was just like it just wasn't on fire at that moment you know what i mean that's not where the deer were and that's what, like right. we were always looking adaptable running gun exactly. so like i got it's all out of about there. timing exactly so i got out of there and um actually end up my butt my friend was like stay away from the road beans he's like i know they look pretty you might even see a deer or two in them he's like but stay away because you know people are going to be on those and he's like he goes even though we're on a huge public band surge and like everybody's wanting to go deep he's like we're going to have plenty of people on those beans and i was like you're right i agree well my dumb self was like those beans look really good and so <laughs> i pulled down in them and there's like a parking spot next to these beans and there's like five bean fields or whatever and i was like i'm i'm gonna go scout these so i walked the edge i walked the back side and i'm like starting to see these really heavy trails and i'm like okay if i go back maybe 200 yards i can probably find maybe an oak tree maybe i can you know i can find some uh, really good trails coming off off this hillside um, down to these beans, and um, I did. I'm sure, sure enough, I did. I found some really good trails, and I bumped a couple of deer. I think it was a couple of does or whatever. And uh, I said, "Okay, I'm stopping right here." So I backed out, 
went back to my car and um, I look at my car and there's a truck next to it. And I'm like, oh, my friends are here. Like, they must have recognized yeah. my car and I pulled in. No. I walked out there and there's two hunters and I didn't know them at all. And uh, <laughs> Darren was walking in the beef and he, one of the guys goes, do you see something you like back there? And I said, ah, a little bit of fresh shine, not a whole lot. And I right. uh, said, you all, are you all hunting back there? And he said, yeah, we'll be hunting back there. I had three cameras stolen off there this week. And I was like, oh, all right, man. man. Sorry yeah. about that. Like, I don't don't be right. don't be yelling at me like I took them because I ain't got no use for them. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was like, once I saw that, I was just kind of irritated. So I went to a different bean field and sure enough, I actually found some like standing water up on this hillside behind these beans. And um, there was trails coming down and I set up on it, but you know how you, like you know how it gets like you'll sit somewhere and you're like I don't really feel it right here like this is ain't it right you know now that's that's one of my biggest things I tell people is like dude just trust your gut like once you yeah. once you've hunted enough and you've like you know I, I'm not saying like to the uh, to the guys that are brand new to like this kind of stuff it's like obviously you got to go through a phase of you know failures and successes and stuff but when you've had a few successes and you've had enough like encounters with deer and you start to pick up that, you know what you're doing, trust your gut because nine out of 10 times, you know, you're right. I mean, I, my biggest problem I have is like when I go into a zone and I know where I want to hunt, it's like picking a tree. And then usually I'll just count to like five or something and pick the tree that I think is the best and go with it. Cause if not, I'll just sit there and overthink the crap out of it. So, I mean, like you said, you got to trust your gut. So, I mean, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, this spot's not it. Like, I don't even know why I wasted my time. You know what I mean? So, I, like, I sit there for a little bit longer, and I get down, and then I walk around a little bit longer to see if I can scout something out, and I see, like, two does, and I'm just like, I'm getting out of here. Like, I'm not even going to waste my time. So, I leave, and it's still, like, probably three, three four hours left light, and I was just like, I'm going. We we, we, had, we stayed, like, an Airbnb or whatever. I was like, I'm just going go to the, go to the Airbnb and chill for the you know the evening and you know kind of talk to the guys and see what they're doing whatever so we get there and my buddy's like you know we got to scout in the morning right i was like yeah we're gonna scout after we hunt right he's like no we're gonna scout in the morning and i was like uh yeah i want to hunt like, you know like you know how you like you don't want to like skip a day of hunting you don't want to skip a, a sit. Some, sometimes and, that's what you need like, to do yeah yeah bro it literally was the best it was the best decision like we could have made yeah. and I put on four miles that next morning, uh, you know, which doesn't sound like a lot, but no, that's a lot. Like, you put when you put them like put the miles on, then you drive around, put four miles, and like it. Anyway, so, um, I mean, that's that next morning, we stopped a couple places, and you know, I'll get to that. This is the spot that I end up hunting for a couple of days. Um, I had a creek system across the creek system that kind of took me back to this field that the only way you get back to this cornfield was through to like if you wanted to take a vehicle back there you would have to drive through the other cornfields but like you can walk there but it was like kind of in between there wasn't really no easy access to this cornfield kind of looked like a tomahawk it was shaped like a tomahawk anyway I got um, you. so i walked this cornfield and on cornfields, on beans, you can usually tell, like, they get browsed. Well, on cornfields, you can, too, on, like, certain spots. It's, like, really low. Like, you can mm -hmm. tell where the deer just, like, cut them down and, like, killing it, you know? Yeah. So, um, I get to this one corner of this cornfield, and I'm like, oh, that is devastating. Like, there's yeah. big tracks in it. There's small tracks in it. Like, deer are just using it consistently, and you can tell where they're hammering it. Um, so, that corner actually like 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 kind of pointed down like this it came off some really thick like i don't i guess now i know it was bedding but it just really thick like grass and bushes and stuff and usually what they do on public what the dnr will do is like if they're like going to like plant something they'll mm -hmm. create these little roads for the tractors to get back Okay. And so that's what this was. It was like really nasty thick, but the road has grown over. Um, but, you, but you could tell it was like something for a tractor at one point. And so you walk through it really thick. And then on the other side was CRP. And so I'm like looking at the CRP and, and look at the grass. And like, I'm just finding these huge beds. Like 
big beds. And I'm like, that's definitely a bigger deer. Like, it's not like a doe is not, you know, it's right. definitely a big deer. So I'm like, okay, there's definitely some bucks back here. Um, and there's trails all in and out of it. So I walk in the woods, I go, you know, back towards the woods and I'm, and I'm looking and like, I look up the hillside and there's these three trails, three or four trails that are just wore down, like wore down and they all converge as one trail. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So that must be some bedding up there. Maybe even some Oaks. I now I wish I would have went up there and checked because there might've been a stud up there and he's just coming from a different part and eating the oaks like there might have been oaks up there and i just didn't know but yeah. whatever it, it yeah. is what it is so um i was like okay so these trails are coming down to here and i'm looking at this trail and like i see big track big track i'm like okay this trail's getting used because you can tell it's fresh like it had it, it's kind of sprinkled the day before rain the day before um so you know like the, these tracks were fresh and so I just follow that trail and it takes me all the way back to the cornfield right on that corner where it's getting like destroyed. So I'd already scouted that corner of that cornfield. I know, okay, the deer, this, this is, this is getting used quite frequently. So I said, okay, this is where I need to be instantly. I just left. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about anything else. I didn't want to, I didn't care. I already saw what I needed to do and needed to in my, in my opinion. Right. So um, I saw the big tracks I need to. I even saw the big beds were kind of just a bonus. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Then you knew for sure. When I see beds, yeah. So when I see beds like that, it's like, well, they could just be screwing around in the night, right? They could just be coming here laying down in the middle of the night. Well, I can't shoot them in the middle of the night. So mm-hmm. um, I was like, that's just a bonus, right? So I get out of there, and that was in the morning. We scout a bunch of other places. And I, that, that evening, um, I go back there, and for some reason, I was like, well, I'm not going to hunt right there. I'm going to hunt on the opposite side of this cornfield um, in, like, this travel corridor coming off this other cornfield and uh, kind of see if I can catch something going, you know, back and forth, just whatever. And so I do that, and I, and I get up a tree, and I'm like, 30 minutes later, I'm like, this is a stupid move. Like, I don't need to be right here. Like, this is not it. Like, the wind was bad. It was blowing towards where the deer are going to come from if they did come there. And so I was like, this is dumb. I need to get down. So yeah. I did. I, yeah. 30, like, I sat there for 30 minutes, and I got down. And as soon as I get down, dude, I just get torrential downpoured on. Like, all kinds of rain. Like, big, heavy drops. It's just smacking my face and smacking my hat. And I got to take my glasses off because they're fogging up, and I can't see anything. And so everything's kind of blurry without my glasses. And whatever so i i end up so with all that rain i actually started walking around and i dropped down that was it was kind of upper in elevation um in correlation to that crp field i had mentioned earlier so i kind of dropped down to that crp field and i'm just i literally just stood there with my bow in my hand and i'm just staring into this field it's super foggy and all this rain's coming down and i'm like i'm i start to overthink i'm like i don't know where i need to be I don't, I don't, what if, what if they're over here? What if, and it, it like, I had, I was like, set, shut up. I was like, stop, stop it. <laughs> I was like, just snap out of it. You know where you need to be. Stop. So I was like, okay. So I turned around and I walked, I literally beelined straight to that, to that trail where it, where it comes down to that corn. And um, I didn't care about scent because all that rain was washing away anyway. And, um, so I would just beelined right over there. I didn't care about my, my travel got to that trail and it literally was on the corner. So like I, I literally walked to that corner and I look at the trail and I just walk 20 yards down, down the, down the corn and I get on the ground and, um, I get behind this big tree. So it's literally corn woods. And then, so it's like literally a straight, like a hard transition right there. And I'm looking at the corn on my, like, I'm, that's how close I am. It's like three feet away. So I get on the ground and, um, I, I remind you, I only gotten a few hours of sleep total over the past two nights. So I like to lay there and I sit down and I just lean up against that tree and I just cocked out like almost immediately. I was so <laughs> tired. So, um, I get woken up at like probably about 15 minutes later. And it sounds like something's chewing on a corn cob. 
like snapped it in half. And I'm like, oh no. I was like, I'm like laying, I'm like laying against the tree. I'm like, if I move right now, I said, there's a buck, there's a doe, I said, there's something over in this cornfield. I said, I'm done. Like I'm busted. Like it immediately. And so I kind of just slowly turned my head and there's a giant squirrel, a giant squirrel with a corn cob in his mouth, just going ham. Like that's what it was. It was, <laughs> it was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen, like a squirrel doing. Like it was just hilarious. Like, He's got corn cobs like all around him. You could tell he's just been getting fat all summer. So um, that's wild. So once that happened, I was like, "Okay, I'm alert. I'm awake. It's game time. You know, you're out here bow hunting. Let's act like it. You know." So um, I, I turn around and I, at this point, I'm facing the tree. The tree's in front of me, and my wind is hitting me directly in the back, blowing straight to the corn. So I'm expecting them to come off that trail. So in order for anything to win me if if things are going to plan they're gonna have to walk right in front of me right so and so i'm on my knees and i got my bow right here like right next to me and i'm just kind of like scanning the corner like as much as i can see in the corn and you know whatever well i look over and i see it i mean giant body on the on the trail i mean giant body and i was like oh there's a deer there's a deer and I see him jump off out of the woods, and I just hear, like, I see him jump, and I hear him land, and it's like, poof, poof, like that. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing's a tank. Like, <laughs> fat. So, Man. and his body, like, his body was huge. Like, um, he was a big body deer. So, I was, like, looking at his antlers, and, I, well, I look up, and I was like, okay, he's got antlers. Okay, do I really do I want to put my tag on it? That's like that, you know. That's just something like, yeah. You hunt long enough. Yeah. Me and you talk about it all the time. It's like you hunt long enough. You can you give yourself goals. You know what I mean? Like for me at the, at this particular moment in this particular trip, I wanted a three year old or better. Like I would have been ecstatic with a four or five year old buck, like you know, big buck. But a three year old, I would have been more than happy to put my tag on. I'm eight hours away from home. I don't right. know when I'm gonna come back. You know what I mean? Like I was pumped. So. I know one I thing though, man. Like when you're on the ground, deer look yeah. way freaking bigger. Like and yeah, a big buck on the ground is like holy yeah. crap. Like yeah, dude. So I, was, I can uh, I can just play this out like this, you know, picture that you're painting in my head, and I'm like, oh man, like dude. Yeah, so this so, giant I mean, just jumps. Did you watch him like land and everything? Yeah, like saw, you're like, oh I shit. His like <laughs> or yeah, what? I saw his body. Like, I see it jump and I'm like looking at it and I just see him land and it's like the like it felt like the earth shaked like you know yeah. what I mean like it didn't legit shake but like I watched him land and I could hear it I was like holy crap like that is right. a big deer deer's been eating corn all summer so I mean he's he's fat right like he's ready yeah. he's puffed up so anyway um so I'm like do I really want to put my tag on this deer you know is he is he something I'm going to be happy or proud of he turns his head and I see just enough mass on his antlers. I'm like, yep, he's three. It's on. So right, I right. draw back. I immediately I drew back. And mind you, I'm on the ground. So I got like, there's vines coming down. There's like sticks on the ground. There's like old deadfall and stuff. So I'm, I'm broken up pretty good. Like I'm not just out in the open. And um, well, he caught movement. And he had already taken a couple steps towards me. And, and I guess he was just going to, like, walk that trail right down and, and eat the corn or whatever. So he had already taken a couple steps towards me. And he, at that moment, he was 18 yards, I believe, um, facing me. And and I'm off. I'm, I'm not directly in front of him. I'm, like, just off of his trail. And I'm full draw. And he's, like, ch trying to find out what I was. Like, right? He's, like, you know how the deer yeah. will do. Like, if, if, for anybody who doesn't know deer see a lot in, in kind of like movement they see movement that's kind of how they catch things right they see in like kind of like a 3d kind of thing so like that's a lot of times when you're dead still like deer won't see you as well um and and i've listened to hundreds of podcasts on this but they won't see you as well as if like if you're like sitting there waving your hands so like if you're dead still some you know most of the time you can kind of get away with with, with being close to them anyway so I'm like, he's like tr moving his head, trying to find movement. And I just like, Seth, now or never, right? Let's go. So I leaned forward 
And I, I mean, I bury my pin on that close side shoulder right where it meets the chest. Um, so, so it, it'd be like on that buck, it'd have been right here and it came out the opposite side rib cage, like perfect. And, uh, I, I hit my thumb button, dude, and I let it fly. And I was, I was, as soon as I let it fly, I was like, oh no, I used my wrong pin. Oh, and I, I had my 30 yard pin on his chest instead of my 20 yard pin. And it, I watched that arrow just sail right over his back. And he, two huge bounds back into the woods and he blew hard. Um, there, like, I, I don't know, like, I think there's a difference. When a buck blows, it sounds different than a duck. Especially a, most a, a mature, a big mature buck, dude. Like, yeah. I, I've actually mentioned this a few times to other people and. Yeah. The depth of that, blow, like when they blow, is so much different than any doe I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, it's, I've it been there. Like, and it's like, a, like, like, I don't even know. It's like a, I know it's hard to do without yeah. actually doing it and sounding like an idiot. Yeah. And uh, sound like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, Trust me. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, I've been there, man, and it is yeah, wild he though. Gave two, he gave me two deep blows, and I was like, oh, dude, no. <laughs> right. No yeah. way, dude. Like, and I'll be, I'll be the first to admit it. So, like, 2021, I think I only got to hunt a handful of times. Um, so I was kind of, I believe that it was a mixture of like kind of being out of the game for a while, and also just excitement and buck fever, if you want to call it that. And I just, I could have settled for an extra second, and I'd have been tagged out going home the next day, you know. So. It is what it is, I, you know, I, I, but I'm sitting there just banging my head off that tree, and I'm like, dude, no way, right? Like, yeah, like first legit sit. Like, I like the first day, I didn't really count, so like the third, it, uh, it would have been the fourth, and I'm like, the first like legit sit that I'm on, I get a chance at a deer, and I just like shot right over his back at 18 yards. Like, no way, right? right. So, um, I so what'd you do about daughter. it? What'd you do? Yeah. Like, tell, get, yeah. get down and greet. Did you just quit, Seth? Did you just give up and throw in the <laughs> towel or what? No way, dude. So that's right. I, I felt like, I felt like quitting for a second. I was yeah. like, I'm, I want to go home. I want to go home right now. <laughs> so, um, I sort of banged my head off the tree a couple of times and I'm like, all right, you know, you're fine. So like, I was like, I'm going to double check for blood when I walk out just to make sure, just to make sure. I was like, I know I didn't hit him, but just on the end case, whatever. I get up, obviously no blood. I leave, and uh, my buddy's actually like literally right down the road. So I I'm, I have to go get him, and I get to the car. I go I go to him, and uh, he goes, "What happened?" Or he goes, "What'd you see?" And I went, uh, "I missed a great deer." And he goes, "Oh, I said I missed a great deer at 18 yards." And he goes, "Oh well, get over it." Jacob shot a giant eight point in full velvet, and I was no like, kidding. "What?" So that's a whole story in itself, but we end up driving all the way there. Um, Definitely. It was a definite gut shot. It wasn't a great hit. Um, uh, But let me just tell you. So we, we knew it was guts, but it had been like four and a half, almost five hours since the shot. When we got there and that he shot him at like five o'clock, I believe Uh, five o'clock or like five 30. And so we get there and we're like, well, let's, let's look for a little bit more blood and, you know, let's, let's kind of, kind of see what's going on. Well, we found that deer's entire gut sack, like entire gut sack, like stomach, the whole nine. And I was like, oh, that deer's like probably laying up here somewhere. Like I've never like, right. Like he's definitely up here, you know, dead. Well, I was wrong, very wrong. That deer was very much alive, and we had pushed him twice. Um, and so he ended up being dead while we were there, but we walked by him. Uh, I think it was like 600 yards. I think we did yeah. a full track. I seen that we knew. I, I actually seen the deer. He looks like an awesome buck. I mean, I would be Dude. stoked. I mean, I'm sure oh you guys, goodness. you guys were on cloud nine after this, right? So I then. Was, like, when we went back the next day and I like, we were like just body searching at that point And I found yeah. him, I was like screaming tough my lungs. I was like, <laughs> get your A down here right now. Your buck's dead. Blah, blah, blah. Like just going nuts. Like I was pumped. Like I was like, I think it would, what made it even better for him was that he realized how pumped we were for him. 
You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. And like, and I'm sure you're hating it. I mean, there's nothing worse than you know, like knowing that you made a mistake, especially on a good deer, and you guys are out of state. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm like just pumped, was, man. I mean, I'm I'm pumped for you guys. That's killer. But yeah. that wasn't it, right? You got one more day in, right? Yeah. So, so we're down to the last so, day. So what? What? So uh, you, you lick your wounds. You're pumped. Lick my you wind. got so, your buddy. This is actually, I, this is actually on my third night. So the next evening, so we find that we we end up body searching that buck on the fifth, um, and find him. And then I don't obviously I don't hunt that morning, and I actually do a little bit more scouting. Um, but I knew where I was going that evening. There was no doubt in my mind. I, I knew that buck was still there. He didn't know what I was. You know what I mean? It was, I'm right. going back there. So, um, I will say my, I will, I just want to go ahead and get this out of the way. I did, I took the same exact, exact route in as I did the day before. And I, that was my one mistake on this hunt, I believe, um, on this second hunt for this buck. Um, and, that hurt me because the day before I had rain, right, to wash me out. But that day I didn't. So I was leaving ground scent wherever I walked, right? And so what I did was I actually walked all the way to that corner and I walked on that trail and I walked probably about another 20 yards on that trail. So I was about 45 yards or 50 yards away from where I was the night before on the ground. Um, my plan was I was just going to cut that deer off before he got to the corn and that that was that was my plan and i was sticking to it so i walk up that trail i find i I, as soon as i walk up in there and i'm like that's the tree i need to be in that's it like didn't even waste time i got up the tree and i put myself two sticks high as everybody knows early or early season hunts everything's still thick you know what i mean like green everywhere you can't see very far kind of thing so I get up there and um, I sit down and when I sit down, I'm like, Oh, this deer is 100% dead. Like I look on that trail. I'm like, he's done. Like I literally told myself that I visualized it. And I said, if that deer comes down this trail, he is dead at 11 yards. Like that's it. Right. So, right. um, uh, about five forty-five. this is where, this is where it threw me for a loop. Right. So I'm up in this tree I'm looking straight down at this trail in front of me and I obviously can see the trail go on for a while. Um, and, uh, I'm looking down there and a doe walks out of this thick stuff that's right next to that trail. Now I did know it was thick and I knew it was there before, but I wasn't, I didn't take the time to slow down and go, Oh, they might be bedding in that. Right. So like, and I didn't see any trails coming in and out of it. But that was because I was sitting there when I scouted it. I like was focused on that trail. Like I right. wouldn't. I like, like you had found like, the primary trail coming out of their bedding area, like around there. But yeah. you weren't sure exactly where they were bedded at, right? Exactly. And, and and to my knowledge, or to myself at that moment, I was like, they're probably bedded back up on the hills back there, and they're just coming down, and they'll come eat the corn in the morning or in the evenings, right? So like that's how my brain was working. I wasn't like, oh, there's thick, nasty stuff right here. They might bet in it. Like, I knew it was a possibility, but I wasn't putting a lot of effort into, like, saying, hey, you know, you might need to pay attention. So, anyway, that doe walks right out of that stuff, walks straight to my trail, puts her nose on the ground, and then immediately just sticks her head up and starts looking for me. Like, she knew something was off. She didn't like it. And I was like, oh, I got to crank her right now. I was like, she, I have to crank her right now. She's about to ruin this whole hunt, and I said, like, "I'm gonna, I'm just gonna smoke her and call it a night, whatever." Well, I le- so I'm looking at her, and she's like 22 yards, and I'm like, "Yep, you're done." And I literally, I start to tense my back and draw back, and I don't know if it was my intuition or if it was God, but it was like, "Relax, breathe, be patient, just see what happens, just you know, take it easy." And I was like, ah, "You know, just okay." So she's still looking for me, can't find me. And I just, I just relax, right? As soon as I relax, dude, I hear that buck get up out of his bed. And I end up being, I don't, I end up being only 50 yards from that buck's bed um, in that tree. Um, no or kidding. a bed. I don't know if it was his primary bed, but it was a bed he was using in that thick stuff right off the corn. 
And I want to say that it might have been a, a bed that he is using quite frequently only because um, I don't believe that the pressure and that that particular spot had been high to where he felt like he had to bed up on the hills or, you know, he felt like he had to bed further back. I think it was just where he might have been bedding there for the, for the summer and he felt safe there. And he was just getting up, walking right down the trail and, you know, going to eat the corn. So I heard that buck, you know, I didn't know it was that buck getting out of his bed until the buck came up off the trail, but I, I put the pieces together, right? It's not like in, I in your I, head. I, it was that deer, exactly. right? I mean, like exactly. you hear, you hear him getting up and you're like, all right, that's him. Like for sure. Exactly. It's like so, prime time. 100%. Yeah, it's like 6 at this point it's like 6:20, 6:30, like it's getting to the part of the evening where you know deer are going to start moving more. So, um like 10 I have to wait and I hear him like in there like he's doing something. I don't know what he's doing in there, but whatever he's doing, but so he finally I hear like I hear like distinct footsteps and I look down the trail like 40 yards, 50 yards and he hops out of that bedding right onto the trail and he comes in and he's like trotting like not full sprint but he's like and i'm like okay stop moving so fast like i can't i can't think this fast so like i'm like got my bow in my hand and i'm like triple checking to make sure it's him because like i like not it's not that i would be devastated if i killed a younger deer but i i had a goal and i wanted i wanted to hit that goal so i'm like checking checking i'm like oh it's him and by the time i realized it's like I could tell it's him. He's like 11 yards. And then as soon as he hits that, he veers towards my stand. And so like at that point, he's eight, five, and he's legit under my stand walks right below me. I could have fell on him. Like I could have spit on him. And, and I mean, if it was legal, I could have jumped on his back and just stabbed him in the neck. Like that's how <laughs> close he was. Right. So like, and so he's like, so at that point he's under my stand and like walking and I'm like knees bent. I'm like stood up, knees bent, hips bent, like drawing and turning to the right at the same time. So I'm like drawing and turning to the weak side. And all I got to do is just get over that last hump because my, my pen's on him. You know what I mean? Like, I, and it's the right pen this time. So like, <laughs> so I was like, I got like, it's, I just got to go over that last little hump. And dude, as soon as I did. He hits my ground scent and bounds back to my left behind me. And I was like, oh, man. So I'm like, I swung my bow around instantly. I didn't waste time. Swung my bow around. I had a giant circle. I knew it was like this big with a shooting lane in it. And uh, and that, I think that shot was like 15 yards. And I swung. And I go, Matt, Matt. And he just, it's like he heard me, but he, he bounded one more time. And he stopped at 23 yards, and there's a giant, like, six-inch round branch in front of his vitals. And I was oh, like, man. there is absolutely no way this deer gets lucky two nights in a row. Like, I had that deer 100% dead to rights. Like, and and me being able to confidently say, like, I was in his bedroom. Like, yeah. with like with yeah. a good wind, I, I was cutting him off from his bed, you know, or cutting him off from the food from his bed kind of thing. Like, I can confidently say that. And so the deer, he ended up, he blew at me twice again, kind of as in like a F you, haha, got you, whatever. And, uh, you know, it, it sucked. Um, and I was actually fully ready. Like I didn't even get upset at that moment. I was like fully ready for him to try to like walk behind me and get downwind. Yeah. And I was like, he, he comes right here. Oh, he's done. Like I will be ready this time, you know, but he didn't, he ended up, you know, he kind of just stayed back up there and, I'm sure he didn't come back out until it was an hour after I had left. Um, yeah. And, you know, that kind of, it kind of sucked the next morning. Uh, you know, I, I was honestly, I just laughed. I was like, dude, like there that evening I just laughed. I said, dude, like I, I was on that deer. Like I was in that deer's bedroom. Um, next time I will make sure that I walk in a different way. Like right. that's, that's what changed that hunt is if I walked in, and I did the next evening. I actually went back there just for craps and giggles, just to see if I could actually like, um, if he would come back. Right. And that deer didn't come back. He knew once, yeah. once after the second yeah. time, you know, of, of realizing that, Oh, something's actually in here. Like 
I smell it. It doesn't belong here, you know, kind of thing. Um, so he didn't come back. But me understanding and learning that, like, hey, next time don't don't get complacent, right? Right. Like, plan your answer. Inter- once, like, I'll tell you what I should have done was, like, as soon as I had that first encounter with that buck, when I left, I should have – or when I had time that night after the first encounter, I'm like, okay, what can I do to negate any – unwanted issues right and the first thing i would have done was entrance and exit yep. you know what i mean like i could, I could enter a little and bit that's, better that's what i wanted to ask you i mean you kind of already yeah. answered the question but uh, i i wanted to uh ask you like what your biggest takeaway was from this i mean we started off this yeah. episode with you know talking about a friend of mine's recent you know failure but you know in my sense, like I explained to him, it's like, no, like you need to learn to, to walk away from your failures and look at them as a success because you did everything right. But every once in a while, like it just doesn't work out, man. I mean, yeah, God works in mysterious ways, dude. You never know. You might tag out in West Virginia and come back to Kentucky and kill a slammer. It's, it's literally like, (laughs) right. It's literally open. You know, that's opening week. Like that's a heck of an opening week, man. Uh, I would. Oh yeah. That's, I would just look at it like that, and I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a heck of a, a cool story too. I mean, you know, for me, like just listening to it, I mean, I I yeah. loved it, man. It's like, you know, it it definitely think, has to boost your confidence too. You know, you went through oh, dude. you dude, went through it, like it, last year not being able to hunt much, and then you get right back yeah. in the game, and like you know, that's yeah. confidence is everything, dude. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah. I, so 2020, I had, so 2020, I was after a giant for where I was in West Virginia, a stud. And, um, I I just, I didn't work out. Right. So I had a really bad year, really unsuccessful year, 2020. And then when 2021, I didn't get to hunt much. And then coming back in 2022 and being like, don't overthink, have fun, get after it. You know what I mean? Like, just do it right so like and that's what i did and dude i had probably more success in five days in kentucky than i did all almost all of 2020 like you know yeah i mean like it's that's, i mean that's a little bit of exaggeration but it's what it felt like <laughs> you know in my life. so um yeah man I, that's, that's awesome that, man kentucky trip was amazing dude it was I awesome it. and i I'm definitely going back um well hey but, man I uh I feel like we could go on and on. Um, we're we'll definitely have you back on. You know, you're definitely one, one of our boys. So we we enjoy uh enjoy the company. For anybody out there uh, that doesn't know Seth, um, what how can we get in touch with you, man? Uh, Instagram. Oh yeah, Instagram just uh, Seth underscore Porter ten is my Instagram, and then just Seth Porter on Facebook, and um, you see me it's really cool uh real quick really cool i'm start i'm in new terrain right now in west virginia i'm in like legit mountains and uh so you'll kind of be able to see me learn and grow as a mountain hunter this year and and probably next year is uh this is completely new to me like it's got you know obviously basic some basics of deer hunting and you kind of already understand but for me to understand like how these deer are moving and how they're working and stuff like that it's definitely uh, something that I, I'm sharing as I go along because it's just it's much fun it is for me to learn it's I just think it's cool to share with everybody so um but yeah that, that's where you can find me on, on social media and stuff like that that's awesome man yeah I've seen some pictures you posted up uh, earlier it looks beautiful out there honestly oh man it's but, gorgeous but Seth I can't thank you enough for joining us tonight man uh had a blast and we will uh catch you all next week and appreciate you all tuning in Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. We really appreciate all the support. I want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Lone Wolf Custom Gear, for all their support. If you uh, get a chance, check out their website at lonewolfcustomgear.com. Also, go over to the YouTube page at Whitetail Addictions and give their page a like and subscribe. Tons of good videos coming out. Uh, just recently, yesterday, we dropped a video for Kevin Boulder. It's an awesome episode. I hope you all tune in and check that out. 
we're going to go ahead and close this segment out with a quote actually from Seth. Uh, and I hope that you guys are enjoying, you know, if you hang out here till the end of this and you're enjoying some of these quotes that I'm doing, but I asked Seth what his, uh, one of his favorite quotes were. And, uh, he actually came up with this one himself, I believe. He said, your mind is your greatest weapon because when things are tough and not going your way, you're going to have to dig down, stay positive and stay mentally in the game. I hope that finds you guys well this season and hope you all have a great week. We'll tune in and catch you next time.